You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. Welcome to this week's Player Spotlight segment on 3Mall, brought to you by Riverbank Brewing in Council Grove. Really been looking forward to this week's interview, as we're joined today by K-State long snapper Randon Plattner. But before we kick kick things off with Randon, want to let those of you who are first-time listeners to this segment know that Riverbank Brewing has partnered with Wildcat NIL and 3Mall to bring a K-State football player on the pod each week. Randon's actually the sixth player we brought on since we kicked this off in late August. We're incredibly grateful for Riverbank's collaboration, and we hope you get out to Council Grove and support them as they're supporting K-State student-athletes. As you've heard me say many times before, they have terrific craft beers brewed in-house, many of which are made with Kansas-grown barley and hops. And if you want to mix things up, you don't feel like having a beer, you can have one of Riverbank's specialty cocktails, such as a fresh-squeezed lemonade with vodka, tequila, rum, or whiskey. Featured beers on tap this week include the Cider Mule, a Lewisburg cider, apple cider with your favorite spirit, a delicious fall treat, as well as the Legends Never Died Chocolate Porter, a chocolate and caramel malt, which is perfect as we head into cooler temperatures headed our way this upcoming weekend. K-State plays on Friday night. Riverbank's going to be open for you, so get out there, watch the Wildcats on one of their many TVs while enjoying one of Riverbank's many craft beers. Or go sit out on the patio, watch the game on one of several TVs outside, and enjoy that crisp, cool fall weather that's on the way this weekend. It's a perfect time to check out the brewery. It's a perfect time to sit out on that patio as it overlooks the Neosho River on the Riverwalk down on Main Street in Council Grove. Really cool setting. Riverbank Brewing open Thursday through Saturday. Beer on the go as well, so if you can't make it out to Riverbank Brewing and stay, just go pick up some beer, grab it, take it on the go, take it to K-State tailgate this season, tell your friends about the outstanding folks at Riverbank Brewing. I can tell you guys firsthand experience, outstanding owners, outstanding people, and terrific beer. For more information, go to riverbankbrewing.com or go to facebook.com slash riverbankbrewing. Brandon, thanks so much for uh, jumping on with this, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So first of all, just to level set for our listeners, Four-time first-team academic All-Big 12 while majoring in mechanical engineering. Um, you're from Parkville, Missouri. And before I tee things up with with this, Brandon, to tell our listeners about your your snapping and your success that you've had, I, I want to know, like, do you believe in jinxes, like a, a no-hitter or a perfect game and bringing that up in baseball? Uh, uh, depends on the thing. I think sometimes the announcers can have some, uh, some say in that. But overall... No, not necessarily. No, are are you okay? To me bringing up your uh, your snap success streak. Oh yeah. My all right. All right. All right. I wanted to make sure because for folks that don't know, uh, you have an incredibly successful streak. So you got to Kansas State in 2018. Uh, your first action was in 2019, and I think I have this correct now. To date, you've gone in your Kansas State career 397 snaps without one mistake all perfect i mean i'm sure you would great i'm sure you would grade yourself and be your biggest critic and say not all perfect yeah i i know i know you would you'd be a critic about that but 397 successful snaps without a bad one over the course of four and a half seasons that's field goals punts uh 
what what do you make of that, Rand? I mean, you were semifinalist for the Patrick Vanley long snapper year of the award, snapper of the award, the year of the award last year. Um, I can't even talk right now as I got all these numbers in front of me. But I guess to start things off, when did you start working as a long snapper? When did you pick this up? Yeah, uh, freshman year of high school. Um, it's actually a funny story. So in high school, it was a summer summer practice or whatever. We were doing special teams work. And the big guys were going to do shield work, probably. Um, the fast guys, the DBs and wide receivers were going to do some drill in like middle of the pack. That was me because I was a linebacker type. Um, they were going to go do a drill. And that drill involved a lot of running. And then at the very end, the coach was like, hey, if you want to try long stepping, come over here. So like, uh, like all I need like three or four of you. And I was like, well, I that looks like a lot of running. And I want to come over here and see if I can lock step. So. Uh, that's kind of how it got started. And I had a guy at my high school, his name is Colin Hayes. He stopped at KU for four years. Um, he went to the same high school as I did, kind of took me under his wing, taught, showed me the ropes a little bit. And then at some point along the way, uh, the taught become the math, take, became the master. Uh, I would say I got worked on it, worked on it, and then got to a place where I could, um, snap well and then went around to camps around the midwest k-state was at the top of my list as far as football or no football i think i was going to come here no matter what to go to school um i liked their engineering program i liked the distance away from home i liked the people all this all all that kind of stuff uh really fit me and then i uh, got a walk-on offer and then kept rolling from there and uh it's been crazy, crazy journey because I've been able to travel the country and all I do is throw a ball to my legs. It's, uh, it's just, it's unreal that I've gotten this far. So very thankful for all that. Now everybody who's gotten me here. What, what's a typical practice like for you? How many times would you say that you snap the ball daily? I imagine you've gotten to a point where you've kind of perfected it, right? But early on in your career, were you, what, what was your practice like or practice routine? Yeah. Uh, so first year my position coach was Sean Snyder and we would go do something all practice called trees um, in the let's see southwest corner of the end zone you can see a tree and that's why it's called trees we would just kick into the stain the stands so I'd snap anywhere from 150 to 200 balls a day um, and I think I needed that when I was that young I wasn't where I am now right now I was still working on uh, release points and get my eyes through all the, all, all types of, um, technique stuff. And, uh, got to a point where that number has kind of shortened over the years, but, uh, whenever I'm feeling uneasy about something or whatever, it's just you get more repetitions and, um, get more confident in your ability going into a game. So now it's closer to probably 50 or so. Um, but still try to stay on top of stuff and my body feels a lot different than it did. Uh, six years ago, but I still feel still feel good, and, and I know that my teammates are are working their butts off. So I try to try to keep up with them as much as I can on the sideline. So describe for our listeners the intricacies and details that that go into a perfect snap, Randon, or, or what goes into snapping the football. Well, uh, I could probably talk for talk for an hour about it. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a Cliff Dose version. So for a for a field goal, um, the holder is eight yards directly behind me. And I'm going to go up to the ball, get my feet set. Um, my, my toes are about six inches behind the back nose of the ball. Like I, where, where my feet sit are kind of a big, that's kind of a big indicator for me for how far 
uh, the holder is going to be away. So then uh, I'm going to grab the ball with my right hand first and get my middle finger on the back seam of the ball. And then on Joe Bills, my, uh, not everybody does this. I do this for to find the rotations, but the laces are actually on this, on my left hand. Uh, so my laces are here on my hand and then back edge here. So then I'm snapped that way. Uh, and I put my butt at a point where I don't see the kicker's eyes, like it's right below his eyes. Um, so that's it's just consistency. That's the name of the game. Um, you said the number earlier. I'm trying to do the exact same thing every time, no matter field goal, punt, 50, 57-yard field goal, whatever it is, um, or a PAT, I'm going to do the exact same job, which is nice for me. Um, doesn't really change. But from there, I'm going to find my spot lock into that wherever the holder wants it and then snap it um, with confidence and with as smooth as I can and then get big after that try not to let anybody rush through the gaps and the the guards the three or so pounds of mass on either side of me really help me feel comfortable in the in that position yeah uh, for a punt uh, it's all my stance is a little bit um, tighter my feet are and then it's just a little bit more aggressive I don't use my legs on a PAT snap I will I will extend my legs on a punt snap to to get the ball back there as fast as I can, uh, but it's really just getting the repetition and the consistency of how the ball leaves your hands every time. That's I would say that's like the the biggest thing is getting that spiral and flick and speed behind it. Well, uh, I have a great deal of admiration for everything that you do, Randon, because I've I've tried to snap long snap and it's a disaster. So uh, that ball could not come out any more wobbly and inaccurate when I've done it before. So great deal of respect and admiration for you. Hey, I want to ask, what's the most nervous you've ever been for a snap? Or or do you get nervous at all? Yeah, uh, I would say I try not to get nervous. So a lot of people don't know this, but whenever we score a touchdown, I don't really celebrate because I'm going on the field the next play. So I'm just kind of as, as even killed as I can be uh, right on, kind of. Soak in the moment a little bit, like, wow, everybody's really happy. Just kind of getting to my spot, getting set, uh, ready to roll. Nervous. Nervous is a is a weird term because you try not to think about it as much as you can. Like, your mind can just take over and, and do whatever it wants. Uh, but the first game of every season, uh, because it's been so long since you've done it, is always a little bit more nerve-wracking than others just to get the well, but once the butterflies are out, then I'm rolling. Like uh, after that, you feel comfortable. You know, you're you're in the you're in the atmosphere. You're in the game. You're ready to roll. So, I would say the first game of every season is a little more nerve wracking than others. But it's nothing nothing too bad at this point. I feel like I've I've done it many a times, and I kind of lean back on that that confidence in myself that I've done it before and can do it again. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, Speaking of nerves, Randon, I, I was at the Big 12 Championship with John Kurtz, who co-hosts the show, and very nervous, even even like for you to not only win a Big 12 Championship, but be part of the game-winning play with the snap and the Zentner game-winning kick in overtime. Yeah, uh, unreal. I, I really can't describe it, but in words, um, to set the seed, we kind of had a feeling throughout the third, fourth quarter that it was going to come down to us. Uh, and that's how you want it as a specialist. You, you kind of got to crave that, crave that pressure on yourself to, to be able to perform for, for everybody that that's on your side. Um, so, and Jack and I and Ty were consistently checking in on each other, make sure we're good, locked in, not too loose, not too tight. Um, and overtime happened. We get an amazing stop. Um, and as soon as that happened, we were all like just dialed in. Um, I was getting snaps on the sideline with Jack. Ty was kicking in the net, feeling good. And it, at that point, I treated it like any other any other kick. Like I said, my job doesn't change. PAT, game-winning field goal. Um, treated it like anything I've ever done before. And had a I had a pretty good snap. It was a 3 o'clock laces, so Jack, Jack had a little work for him, but a little quarter turn, which was great. Uh, it looks good on the video, so it made it work. But uh, afterwards, I... I have a pretty good vantage point of the ball. So I, I'm up, ball goes over my head and it goes in and it probably took a good two to three seconds for me to realize what just happened. Um, whether that's, okay, jogger on the sideline, next play, like kickoff or whatever. But then it hit of, okay, we just won. We just won the big 12 championship. And we're like that. Then like, that's, that's your overarching goal of my five year career at the time. But that was the goal every year and to make it happen. In that in that moment was unreal. So and I kind of just broke down and found a way, found a way to celebrate after that. But I had to I had to collect myself um, after you think back to to January of saying that's our goal and and it happened on whatever day that was December something um, long time long time coming. So it was it was unreal. How many times you rewatch that that moment that kick? I tried not to watch it too many times, but the good thing it was we had a little break before the bowl game, so I got to I got to bask in it a little bit before we had to look look uh, focus on the next opponent. So a couple times, a couple times. Um, obviously we're gonna we'll get to some fun ones here, Randon as well. But uh, also want to bring up Christmas Day 2020. D. Scott Fritchin wrote an outstanding story about you that I, I read when it came out, and you told the story about that Christmas morning a few years ago and for our listeners that don't know maybe explain what made that day so special for you yeah uh so like i said i was a walk-on for two and a half years um and i'm from missouri so (laughs) out-of-state tuition kind of hurts a little bit more sometimes but uh just do whatever i could to to earn that respect and earn that trust from the coaches to to be a, a scholarship guy um and Year after year, you learn you learn a lot about yourself um, as far as what you're willing to put into a program like this. Uh, waking up early, staying late, lifting and running and all that stuff. Some sometimes you're not gonna love, love it, uh, but this that learning about yourself 
takes that out of you. Like you, you do learn a lot and you what to determine whether you want to keep doing it or not. So, um, just kind of trust the process. And I know that coach climate appreciates special teams and that whole staff is just very appreciative of what we do. Uh, and that, that makes it amazing. But, uh, and I had a feeling that once I was going to take over both jobs, it was going to be, uh, I was, I was the sole guy at the time and was ready to, ready to take that role on. Um, uh, and coach climate called me on Christmas morning. We just got to my grandma's house and we we're about to walk in and I'm like getting a phone call from coach climate. And I was like, all right, everybody be quiet in the car. So, um, and he was like small talk, small banter, like, hey, how's it going? How's Christmas? What are you, what are you doing today? And I was like, so like, eventually I was like, all right, what, what do you call me for coach? Like, if you just called and wish me happy Merry Christmas, like, thank you. But, uh, I had a feeling, so then he let me know the news and uh, just unbelievably thankful as much as I could, um, appreciative, and uh, just because it showed showed their trust in me and uh, as a player and a person to to continue to push my teammates and, and do my job well. So and from there, I just I not, nothing really changed in my preparation. My my family was uh, helpful enough to make sure I I didn't get lackadaisical or lazy because I'm just because I'm scholarship now. So I tried to continue to do whatever I've been doing the uh, same way. And uh, yeah, it, that was the best Christmas present I've ever gotten. I was going to say, how, how special was that to, to get that news with your family all around yeah. you? And Coach Clement's a, a amazing dude because he knew I was with my family and he knew that I wanted or he wanted to share that news, news with me when I was with my family. So to be able to celebrate with them, uh, it was, it was really, really crazy. I know. And I, that whole rest of the day, I was kind of just in a daze of like, wow, that just happened. Uh, so it was, it was awesome. And he, I know he did it on purpose. And so it's just really crazy. That really awesome that he did that for me. Yeah. Well, Brandon, it's time to have some fun here. Um, I think you probably know a line of the questioning that's, that's coming here. Uh, but uh, after you guys beat Oklahoma and Norman last year, photo soon appeared on Twitter of you holding a, a tuba from the OU marching band on the Sooners field. Take us through how that happened. <laughs> I would like to state for the record that I never stole anything and everything was hidden to me politely. And I asked everything. Anyway, uh, so this awesome road win. Um, we got a great performance all, all the way around offense, defense teams, and uh, we're taking pictures on the field as a specialist group afterwards. And we like that, we just kind of, I don't have memory of the moment uh, to be able to look back on. And there was a OU band member on the field, like watching us take pictures, like 15 yards away, probably. Kind of odd. Like, I don't know what he's doing there, but whatever. We're just hanging out. And then he, like, comes up to us after we're about done taking pictures. Like, hey, can I get a picture with you guys? Like, we're like, all right, sure. And he, like, takes his tube off, sets it down. I'm like, you can take your pictures. Or can I get a picture with your tuba if you take a picture with us? He's like, yeah, I don't care. All right, sure. So we, t- we take a picture with him. And I think we used his phone. So I, I don't even know what he looks like. I couldn't tell you. Uh, and then... I picked up this tuba and took a picture of it. And I didn't really realize what I held in my hand until later that night when it was on Twitter, but it was, uh, something that I'm never going to forget. And, uh, really, really fun experience. And I don't think he realized what would happen with that picture either, but, uh, it was all, it was all good. We 
parted ways, went to the locker room, and I tweeted on the bus to the airport. And uh, then my teammates were like, Brandon, where did you get a tuba? Like, what What did that even happen? Blah, blah. Like, I don't know, dude. The guy just told me I could take a picture with it. And uh, so that's that's kind of how it started. And then it rolled from there of uh, Iowa State and West V and all these people. At some, at, at some point, the band members knew who I was. As soon as we get a road win, I would kind of mosey back out on the field and the band members were always usually there and they were coming to me with their instruments uh, and I didn't have to ask anymore. They were just handing it up to me so we could uh, take some pictures. It, it, it became a fun thing throughout the year and uh, everybody's been asking, what's what's this year's plan? What, what are you going to do this year? Uh, that fell into my lap last year. So I, I didn't have any big plans going into that. And I don't know if I have any big, big, big plans this year either. But, uh, if something falls in my lap, it falls into my lap. I'll take advantage of it. That's, that's for sure. Well, I, I think I speak for most K-State fans. We hope you're, uh, you're holding a trumpet or a baritone or a tuba on Friday night after uh, the Oklahoma State game ran it. Cause we know that means things, uh, went well. All right. We got to ask you about your hair. I had a few people submit questions to me to ask you what inspired the the mullet so why don't you tell us when maybe you, you took that on growing that out and, and what inspired it yeah um that's a great question i, I don't know uh <laughs> 2019 i think was yes yeah, so liberty bowl season i had a mullet uh like grew it out not not near as long as it is now and i i didn't hate it i don't i think i mean i don't like hair in my eyes i don't like hair uh, over my ears, like I that bothers me, but uh, in the back, it's fine, like just changing something up. I think at some point, I made the realization that this is the only time in my life that I'm gonna be able to do that. I don't think that, um, if you're climbing a corporate ladder, a guy with a mold is gonna be your number one candidate all the time, and I don't think that an 80 year old with a mold is as attractive as it could be, but anyway, uh, I've made the realization that this is the one time in my life I get to do this, so. Um, about, I think 2021 would have been Texas bowl. Yeah. So I grew it back out then and I've kind of been rolling with it since I get it trimmed here and there. Um, my barber, Stacy from Shaggyville, she's awesome. She's really, she's gonna be really sad when I, whenever I choose to cut it because she, she loves cutting it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess just for the moment, I can't really do this any other time in my life. So that would be my main reason for it. And now I have a logo and t-shirts and stuff with it on there. So once that happened, I have a kind of got to stick with, got to stick with what I got here, uh, with the logo and everything. So it's, it's, it's fun. And my, my mom doesn't love it, but she doesn't hate it. And my girlfriend is okay with it. So it's all good. Yeah. That's, that's all that matters. Um, and you mentioned the logo. I was going to ask this as the last question, but since you brought it up, your, your merchandise. So one of the really cool things that you do ran in is I, I believe 35% of each sale of your merchandise goes to charity and you allow your purchasers to kind of decide or vote for the charity that they want to give the money to. And I know you did St. Jude's and, and others historically, but maybe tell our listeners what has inspired you to give back so much to charity and also how they can find your merchandise. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's such a weird deal. Um, being a person, trying to sell something with your face on it. I, whenever I see somebody that has one of my shirts on or something like that, it's like, it catches me off guard every time. Like I, I don't feel like I should be the person to do that, but I wanted to do something cool with it. Um, if I'm going to have a following like I do, um, 
make it for not just me, make it for the people that people that need it maybe more than me. So, um, we've donated to, uh, canine for warriors, which is a, uh, foundation that trains, uh, PTSD service dogs and all this stuff for, for veterans. Um, we've donated to, uh, like you said, St. Jude's and, um, there's a couple other ones that we've donated to, and we have once, um, but more charities to, uh, look forward to, to donating to, um, like whenever somebody buys something like my, my cousins play or one of my cousins plays lacrosse at Vanderbilt. She, uh, they're big on mental health. So she has a, um, their team donates a lot to this foundation that we're going to donate to. And just, I have, I have many passions that I'm, I'm like for and want to support and I don't want it to all go to one place. I think if you're going to have many people supporting you, you should support the support what they want to support as well. Um, so there's links in my Twitter bio, in my Instagram bio, I believe, um, that you can go out there and buy it. I'm trying to make it not overly priced or anything like that. And I think the logo is pretty cool. Uh, I worked with a guy to, to help me make that. And there's stickers and stuff available too that I can sell here and there. Um, but yeah, it's a, a cause that is not just supporting me. Um, I want to make that as clear as I can. So it's something that is as helpful to as many people as we can. Yeah, uh, that's awesome, Brandon. And uh, the logo is very cool. I uh, I checked it out. The hoodie, the T-shirts. Encourage all of you guys to go check it out, Brandon. You mentioned your Twitter, so your Twitter handle is at Brandon underscore Platner. So it's your name, that underscore between the first and last name. So guys, if you're on Twitter or social media, go check that out and uh, go to the link in Brandon's bio and and support him as he's supporting and helping a great cause. And uh, Brandon, obviously. Appreciate the heck out of you here at K State. Hey, I want to ask you a couple more. Uh, yeah, the, okay. I gotta, I gotta ask you about the UCF game because yeah. you made one heck of a play. Chris Kleiman uh, brought it up as well, where they tried to directionally trick you guys and and maybe take me through what you saw as that play is happening. We've seen teams do a play like that over the last several years. I remember USC did it a few years ago. They ran back a punt for a touchdown, and so you were kind of on an island there to make a one-on-one tackle and maybe just walk us through what you saw as that play was unfolding if you picked up what they were trying to do yeah so uh watching film from them they had done it in a while or ever i like what i saw i didn't see them do it so um that wasn't something that we were prepared for necessarily um but that was our one chance to to punt that game and we everything was set up normal we were going to punt the ball left. That was the call. We're going to go left. And uh, Jack hit a absolute nuke is what we would call it. It's an insanely long punt uh, and to the left. And he hasn't missed direction in a long time. So I was kind of trusting that in the back of my head. And I saw everybody flow to the right. But I think I looked up really quick and saw the ball or a bird, something that went that way. I was going to the left. So I... Uh, I trusted that and kind of put my head down, kept running. And there was a guy over there, like there, that guy by himself on island doesn't make sense without the ball being there too. So, um, kind of followed that. And he luckily Jack had a really, really good punt. Cause I was had time to get down there and, uh, and break down and make a play. Uh, I've envisioned that scenario in my mind thousands of times. And, uh, <laughs> I'm glad I, I capitalized on it because <laughs> It was a, it was a little nerve wracking when you have a guy with that athleticism against a guy with my athleticism, but it worked out. So, 
is that kind of a long snapper stream ran in to be able to get down the field and be the first to make that tackle? Yeah. Uh, an open field tackle is hard to come by and, and hard to capitalize on because typically your your opposing team power trainer is the most athletic player on their team and the long snapper is not necessarily the most athletic person on your team. So uh, it worked out. The matchup, matchup was there. and uh, The guys were quick to rally behind me once we figured out what was going on, but in the in the moment, I'm glad I made the right decision to go left. Well, uh, you made one heck of a play there, so it was uh, it was tremendous. And you got a 30 second highlight video from the official K State football Twitter account. What was that like when you saw yeah. that pop up? Uh, I think that was the brainchild of our football ops guy. Uh, he's a he's a great dude. We've built a great relationship over the years, and there's a, a trade going on of whatever. Uh, screw it, like whatever highlights of something that you wouldn't normally see highlights of. Uh, and right, that's correct. You would not normally see highlights of a lock snapper doing what he does. So uh, that was really cool. I got a lot of, got a lot of tweets or pictures and texts from that of the purple eyes were cool and, and doing all that stuff. But that was, I don't know, pretty crazy to watch it. Just like, I don't know. It's cool to uh, have that to look back on now. Like that was to this, to this point, that's the, probably the, coolest thing i've done in my career as far as on the field to make an open field tackle in a, in a pretty tight game at the time of to got to capitalize on that so the only thing i want back is the snap was a little higher than i wanted it so like you said perfect is is pretty loose term nothing horrible has happened but i'm nowhere near perfect well i i think your your criticism of yourself is what makes you so good um and all the success you had hey you you announced your return for a sixth season with the social media post that it was awesome uh, you, you mentioned that you quoted yourself saying, you know, a lot of people go to college for seven years. I'm not going to be a doctor, but I'm having a great time. Let's do it yeah. again. Uh, obviously you've, you've actually, this is only your sixth year, but it's a yeah. great line. Yeah. It's a great line from the movie. Um, gosh, why am Brandon? Why am I blanking on the name of the movie with Chris <laughs> Farley and David Tommy Spade? Tommy boy. Tommy boy. I've seen it so many times and I'm sitting here blanking. So it's a great line from that movie. Uh, First of all, that social media post, it's awesome. But also, what what led to you wanting to come back for a sixth year? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, I'm having a ton of fun. And taking the people's advice in front of me as far as my parents and other respected people I have in my life as far as stay in college as long as you can. Um, I've heard that a million times. And I trust that they have an idea of what life is after college more than I do because I haven't done that yet. Um so trying to, to elongate that uh, as best as I can and trust them, uh, that was a lot of the reason. The second lead would be uh, my teammates, uh, younger, same age. They're all they're all a part of what I love about Kansas State and uh, wanted to spend another year with them, build those relationships and continue to prosper in that. And uh, thirdly would be, I think, I can only benefit myself um, for the future if I continue to play football. I think there's there wasn't wasn't a lot of downside to coming back for another year to get more film and more experience and get more of a picture of where I want to go after this. Um, so that's there's a couple of reasons that I not show, but it, I definitely do not regret my decision whatsoever. Is the NFL the dream, Brandon? Yeah, um, obviously you got to got to lock into this season and, and finish that up. But the coaching staff has put me in a position as far as what I do now 
to align a lot with what I would do with the NFL. So to have to have clips of me doing my job here that would directly relate to what I would do in the NFL um, is that is next like unreal about us as, uh, as far as what how good they have set me up uh, for the future. So and again, climate knows what he's doing. Like he he's doing that on purpose to give me an opportunity as best as he can. And it helps it helps our team out as, as well um, to have to test my limits and to test our limits as long snipers to to be able to um, do a challenging job at this level and make it easier at the next level. So that is the dream. But either way, um, I know football will last forever. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at at a degree. Um, I'm ready to set up and wherever I end up with a mechanical engineering degree and an MBA. So. Get you out of here on this. How do you balance? So I mentioned at the beginning, at the onset of this, that you're four-time first-team All Big Twelve with mechanical engineering, which is a far more difficult degree than my print journalism degree from Kansas State, Randon. So, uh, how do you balance football and just the success and the the academics in the classroom? Um, you learn time management really easy as a student athlete. I think that. I, my first year under Coach Snyder was an unreal experience. I wouldn't trade it for the world, though, as far as what he would expect from every, all of his players and our my ability to lean on an older guy as far as, like, this just seems like way too much. Like, I don't have time for anything. And them expressing to me, like, yeah, that's kind of how it is. Like, you get used to it, and it gets easier. So... Um, to maximize your sleep, to maximize your um, school. Um, like, school is hard, and I, I all the school is hard. I, I did spend a little bit more time than some of my uh, other classmates at other colleges, but it is it is just a time commitment. Um, and I appreciate that experience now, going into working on my MBA now. It is a little bit easier than my uh, engineering degree. I have a little more time to, to work on other things, so um, and staying busy, I think that's like that's an underrated part of of how to manage your time. If you uh, have one day completely off and one day packed full of stuff, you got to use your day off to either relax and take advantage of your relaxing time, or work on stuff that can make your next day easier. So again, just managing time. Um, I would say I'm pretty good at that now. So uh, with my off time now, I'm trying to go to the elementary schools around Manhattan and read and and, and do math with all the kids and trying to set that up so where it's a, a legacy thing where it happens continually over time after I leave um, so that's that's kind of my passion project right now um, using SAC to do that and all that kind of stuff so keep yourself busy makes it easier I think over time you get used to having all these things on your plate and um, as long as you're balancing it all it it, it works out well I know I said this before this is my last one I promise so I promise I'll get you out of here um so Oklahoma State this Friday night, you guys are off to a one and a start in league play. How did things go over the bye week? And maybe just talk about, you know, the goal of getting back to winning another Big 12 title. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned before, that's the goal every year. And I think now that we've been there, as a lot of this team has been there and has a has a ring now and looking forward to to what's next as we the motto all, all offseason and season has been raise the bar. Um, where can we go next? What's what's the next step? So, getting the CFP is our goal, and to get there, we got to go 
one and every week and and win win this week and then you focus on the next week and that leads to to great things as far as uh big 12 championships and and, and on as that so um bye week went well i think that we took advantage of it um uh, as best as we could and it was interesting i i didn't realize that uh osu also had a buy until uh late last week and like oh okay so they they've been they've had the exact same amount of time that we've had to prepare for them so um and that's that's always good to have an even playing even level playing field uh, this is this is a fun place to play and uh it's gonna be loud. It's gonna be fun. Friday night lights, blackout. Like we're looking forward to that. Gonna gotta have that mindset of you want that. You want that. Uh, that adversity to strike so you can take advantage of it and and roll with it with your with your team. And to win that game, and you'll have back to back Saturdays not playing a college football game, which uh, yeah, I'm sure that is an odd feeling uh, for me from a fan's perspective, Ramon. You know, that gets wrapped up in the emotion of the game. It's relaxing to to uh, you know the bye week. Eventually refresh and then, uh, you know, hope for a win on Friday night and then just enjoy college football on Saturday. So, well, we're looking forward to it. Uh, so grateful for you jumping on, Randon, and joining us here on the pod. Um, best of luck this Friday night. Best of luck the rest of the season. Um, and uh, again, for our folks that are listening, get on out to Riverbank Brewing and Council Grove. Support them as they're supporting K-State student-athletes. Randon, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of 3 Month. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.